This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and uh, good evening, good evening. I do apologise if my voice is a little bit on the croaky side. Um, I have got a bit of a swollen, uh, achy sore throat. You probably can tell that my nose is a bit red. And it's not just from all the shouting and cheering yesterday. I think I've got a bit of a head cold. Done the old COVID test. It's definitely uh, not covid but, um, yeah, it's not very pleasant. But as always, the show must uh, go on. And we're going to um, actually talking about a, a little bit of Christmas cheer for a change. Wolves have won on Boxing Day. A 95th minute, eight Norrie uh, winner that, uh, well, it just felt so good. We hadn't won away in the Premier League this season. We had not won away... Uh, in the Premier League since we beat Everton away last season. And ever since then, we seem to have been cursed and it needed the bookend of that win and yesterday's win to get rid of that curse. And we finally did it. And um, it was a funny old game. Um, and I'm going to let our guests talk about the, the match. We're going to have some lots of guests, Wolves fans on again, of course. We're going to do it in blocks um we're going to go it in blocks we're going to start with jack craig and sam and then we've got um a very special guest johnny phillips he'll be making his debut and he's going to be telling us about his show that's coming up soon as well but i just want to say this is the first time we've done um uh the podcast um since before obviously um before christmas before i went away to morocco before the world cup but after the Football Content Awards, and this is it, um, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone um, that would have voted. It also, 50, it's a bit like Eurovision. 50, to get nominated for the fourth time was fantastic. Um, but 
50% of the votes, public votes, and 50% of the votes, industry experts, such as like journalists and uh, The Athletic and ITV and BBC and all these sort of things. So um, when we actually were announced as the gold winner for Always Wolves, um, for the best Premier League fan channel stroke podcast, I was absolutely, um, if you've watched the video, in shock. And uh, as you all know, my, my friend Bill, who uh, looked like Sean Connery, a.k.a. Sean Connery, passed away from bowel cancer um, three years ago this Christmas. And um, that was when my channel was just daddling Dave then. And we started the podcast in his memory because he always used to say as he went home back to Buxton, Always Wolves. That's what we always used to say. And that's why we called the podcast when we launched it, Always Wolves. We recorded our 100th edition just before... Um, uh, just before the Premier League ended, that thanks to uh, Russell and Wolves that we used the media suite, which was fantastic. We had Andy Thompson as a guest, and um, and then we went up to Manchester, and uh, and we won, we, we we won, which is absolutely amazing. And so you know the channel's obviously called Always Wolves as well since, and it's just in memory of uh, of Bill, who uh, as I say passed away three years ago this month, and. Um, I know I've spoken to his daughters, and they would say he's in, they've been they're incredibly proud, um, and he'd still be watching over, and he'd be very very proud that we did that. So thank you. I just wanted to get that in. Obviously, we will have an in person podcast with the uh, the rest of the main guys, hopefully in January, um, where I can uh, we can get a team photo. But this is not just um, for me for the channel. This is for all of us that uh, watch support and contribute thank you so much it's for all of us because we're all one community so brilliant let's get on with the uh, the show as i say we uh, we've got some great uh, pundits on tonight we're going to kick off with uh, jack craig and sam uh what we do as i say have um, sky sports uh, johnny johnny phillips coming on as well and he's going to be telling us about a a, a show that's coming up that he's uh, getting involved with and you can, how you can get to go and watch that as well. So, Jack, Sam and Craig, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas. How are you feeling? Happy Wolves win. Happy Wolves win. That was your three words from me. <laughs> Were you there, Sam, yesterday? Unfortunately, I wasn't. I've had the dreaded lurgy, the same as uh, most people. You've got the dreaded Funnily enough, I saw Jack and we were literally about three or four seats away from each other, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I think you were a row behind and then three or four seats to the right. So, yeah. So, I had a very similar view to you, didn't and I? You were quite action, so, yeah. before the game as well. I, I think I said 2-1, didn't I? Do you know what? And I, I, said, on my, I, I said on my match yeah. preview, 2-1. And I said on the uh, the match day vlog, if you've not watched that, that's already over 2,000 views. I said 2-1 on that as well. Craig, where did you watch it? Uh, on a stick, Dave. On a fire stick? Yeah, in um, in in a, in a rather nice uh, hotel in Sheffield uh, where, where we'd spent Christmas. Um, and I was just n nervous. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you guys felt, but my stomach was churning through the whole of the game. It, it, that for me was was a game that that we had to win. Um, and, I, and my stomach just churned and churned and churned all the way through. So I was so blooming relieved when we uh, when we scored the last minute. 
<laughs> oh man, the banging in our room was unbelievable. Not not for the right reasons either. <laughs> well, well, for, the, for the right reasons, but you know. <laughs> oh dear, absolutely so, yeah, fantastic. Well, guys, um, what we've got, we've already got like um, nearly a hundred watching live on the chat, and obviously loads more will listen to it back on the podcast and watch it back. So, if you are watching, um, tell us where you were watching the match yesterday, who with, uh, where you were in the world, and how you were feeling. Um, it's certainly a great feeling because I've gone to so many away games recently, and a lot of home games as well, and um, we're coming back with that almost. You know, that sort of feeling that you come out and it's, you're empty and it's kind of like, oh, well, we've lost again type of thing, feeling. It's almost like an acceptance. And I've put, uh, as the, one of the titles for this is, is this the turning point? So before we get kick into it, I'm going to go around each one of you and ask every one of this. Sam Payne, is this the turning point for Wolves now? It has to be. There isn't anything more that you can add to that. It has to be. Lop's come in. He's already made himself known that he wants six more players in the transfer window in January. He wants to move some of the players on. Let's hopefully that he's going to make it change and, and that's it. We can move up the table and get away from the, the Southamptons and the uh, Nottingham Forests and the Evertons that are there and let us get back up to the middle of the table. Absolutely. So, uh, Jack, is it is it the turning point? No, I agree. I, I think... I think, like Sam says, I think we've got to kind of look at it. I think the appointment of Lopetegui has to be the turning point for the season, the turning point for the history of the club in the last couple of years. And the, the, the two results, the Gillingham game and then yesterday, Just I think you can just start to see. I mean, I don't want to kind of come on and say, oh, we've turned the corner, everything's going to be great now. Lopetegui's a genius, the players are fantastic. There's a lot of work still to be done. But you can just start to see little seeds he's starting to get into the players' heads. He's starting to turn that mentality around. I don't think we'd have won that game under Bruno Large, and I don't think we would, would have won it under Steve Dave either. But I think Lopetegui sniffed blood in the last 20 minutes, and he went for it. He made the changes he needed to, and he got us over the line. So I think I think it's got to be a turning point. We've got to kind of look at this and go, right, <clears throat> we can win games now. Before yesterday, we'd won two out of 16, two out of 15. That's abysmal at any level of football. If you're playing in, in the National League and you've won two out of 15, you're a terrible National League team. So we were a terrible Premier League team based on the fact that we couldn't win games. The fact that he's come in and straight away we're starting to win games, that's a massive, massive sign for us, I think. Regardless of performance, the fact that we can find a way to win games is huge. Absolutely. And Craig, same question to you. Is it the turning point, mate? Um, yeah, I've Absolutely, and I, I think that he he found out uh, where our weaknesses uh, were yesterday on our on our back right side and and down down that right side. He, he will know that he he'll need to do something major because 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 that's where teams tend to get at us. Um, but David, when you don't play brilliantly and you still win. In your mindset, that's that's an amazing change, change around for you. We 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 couldn't buy a win, could we? So no. so playing not that well and still winning is just is just amazing. Uh, and and do you know what? How wonderful was it to see a manager when we scored actually feel happy? Uh, you, you, I mean that Bruno. Well, we've like said it time and time again. That bloke dismantled 
a very very organised side, and 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 now this this guy, he got no passion at all, and this guy just showed that passion, and it was fantastic to see. I was thrilled to see that yesterday, and all the players as well. If you saw like the Dan, Daniel yeah, Dennis yeah. and uh, and Martino and everything, the joy. And I tell you what, uh, mentally, mentally. Um, a late winning goal is so important, but like I think that goal yesterday, psychologically for the team, um, in so many ways, it's like that monkey off the back, that away win. And the other thing, if you noticed, when we broke, there were four Wolves players surging forward into the area in the 95th minute of the game. We've talked about a lot on this channel about the fitness of the players. Now, granted, um, you know, Triori was one of them, Eight Nori was one, but I, some people have talked about Eight Nori's desire for the club. He ain't bothered. That ain't a player that weren't bothered. No, he passed from the edge of his own box into the other box. And I'll tell you what, he knows where the back of the net is. He scored two goals in two. And Lopetegui, um, where there's a lot of criticism, wasn't there, on Bruno Large on how he was like reactive with his substitutions. Lopetegui in the Gillingham game, okay, it's against Gillingham, who were basically playing 11, beyond, you know, playing for penalties, 11, <coughs> 11 at the back. And they played for penalties and they got a penalty for Wolves. And obviously, eight Norrie again got that late goal. Um, his, his, his substitutions came off. Now, I was thinking to myself, when he went to the back three, and a lot of people around me always settling for the point. But some of the stuff that he said after the game was he was trying to draw Everton onto us, you know, to create more space, to have that break. Now, it's all right him saying that after the game. It sounds very prophetic. But it had that effect. We won the ball back. Everton were forward. And we had that space to break into. And um, I thought Triori, when he got the ball, was should would look like he was going to shoot earlier. We've seen him do it so many times, haven't we, where he's shot and it's got, it's hit the corner flag. And we've seen him, whether you know, at City away a couple of years ago when he put put it in the back of the net twice. But he, he crossed it. It did take a slight deflection. But he, we had two, we had an overload on the back post. We had two players. We had eight Norrie and another overload. And he finished it. And I'll tell you what, the joy on the players, the joy in the uh, on the bench, the joy, the pure joy from the fans, the fans in the stadium, that that feeling, yeah. that emotion. I was there for about 10 minutes after the final whistle. I got my scarf doing all this, standing on a seat, singing, you know, the new song, uh, Lopetegui, Kilman Costa was keeping us in the Premier League. <laughs> it was it was it was, a, it was a joy. It was to behold. It was just to be there. And it felt like, right, that's gone. This is a new start. And there was hope. Hope come flooding back into the team. Dave, can I, can I, can I make a point there? We've been talking about the last last year. And in, in that final 30 seconds, when we, when we scored that goal, two things that we've been talking about that we haven't done. That's break at speed. Which was old wolves when we um, first, you know, came. We were we were so quick to break. We didn't we didn't stop. We we just went straight forward. That was back for that goal. And the second thing that I was thrilled, we got more players going forward than the defenders were there. 
and we've not seen that for a year. It, it was it it was just old wolves, and I just, I was thrilled to 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 see. For half the game, we were doing what we used to do well, and the other half, I I I, I think really was down to nerves and the, you know how many games the boys have lost. Collins looks. Looks Collins, nervous. To be, Collins, he, to he be fair, he, he looks he's, he's just nervous. Sure yeah, absolutely. And he's going to come great. He's, he's 21 years old. I wish people to get off his back. You know, he's it, some of his errors yesterday were awful. But vinyl, vinyl revival on the in the chat said Thornton Collins had an absolute nightmare. We need to type the defense. It's fair comment. He had a, he did have a poor game, but he kept trying to pass the ball out. He, he, his confidence was shown. Um, I thought he did, he did better in the second half, you know. So, so you do make a good point. Sam, what points would you like to make about the game? I've kept quiet while you were talking. Unfortunately, Craig, I don't agree. I think Collins is abysmal. I don't think he will come any better. And I think he's one of the players that will be shipped out in January. Um, it's a position where we're going to have to shore it up. Max Kilman will be good in the future. He's having a few off games, as we've seen. But he's got it in the making. I think uh, Ike Nori. I think he's now going to be given a little bit more space to get up the pitch because it looks like that's where our goals are coming from at the moment. He seems to be getting up. I, I just think the whole team is going to have to have a complete revamp of how and and where the players might be playing in positions, especially with the thoughts of the, the new players that are coming in, with the new attacker that has come in. Um, obviously, that's going to be interesting in January when he can play for us. It'll be interesting to see how he comes in, having not been in the Premier League. Um, but I think there's a lot of work there that's been now done behind the scenes to get the players back on side. Obviously, it looks like he's got the dressing room back on side. Triore, I wasn't a fan. I'm not a fan, but I must say, he now looks like he uh, has got the bit between his teeth and he wants to play for us again. So that's something I've said in the past. I thought he didn't want to pay for us, but yesterday he looked like he was back into his mindset of getting balls into the box when he couldn't complete something himself. And he did that right at the end of the game and changed it for us. We got three points where normally we would have, we would have as you said there, Dave, settled for the, 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 the draw and got a point. Points aren't going to count. It's three points now that's going to count for us. And let's see what Man United Christmas Eve, um, New Year's Eve brings us. Great points. I want to come in on the, on, on your Collins thing, and I'm going to ask Jack his thoughts on this because we've got, you know, Craig obviously made his point about Collins. He's a young lad. He's very, very highly rated. Uh, <coughs> the money on him. I'm not sure they're going to ship him out in uh, in January, but I think it's all very, very obvious we do need defensive cover. So I'm not sure on that. But let's get a third opinion um, because this is what the show is all about, having a discussion, debating. We're not all here to just agree. We're all to give our points, which is fantastic. Jack, I want to come in. I want you to make uh, your observations on the game, but just come in on the Collins situation. Where are you on that? I mean, I think it's a difficult one. I think watching Collins, I think he's having a bit of an identity crisis. I, I think he's struggling to work out what kind of centre half he is. Is he a kick it and head it kind of centre half, or is he a ball playing centre half? And because he's getting stuck in between the two, he's not doing either. I mean, there were a couple of times yesterday where he lost his man, which is kind of unforgivable, really. And then there were a couple of times where he played the ball straight to an opposing player, didn't he? But again, could you say that's his fault? Or is that the movement in front of him that means he's the playing a pass and they're not anticipating? Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, if you were not a Wolves fan and you watched that game, you'd say, right, he's your weak link, you need to replace him. 
But I think we've seen with, with Wolves under Fosen that, that these players are investments, aren't they? And and a bit like Fabio Silva and, and, and Jota and people like that that they've brought in, that they see an end product three, four years down the line. And I think it might be three, four years before we see the very best of Collins. Yeah. Now, at the minute, can we afford to keep playing him in the team when we need He's points? 21. So that against, 21 and for, for a central yeah. defender, that's very young, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Kilman, for example, when like he was Kilman. 21, he, he might still have been at Maidenhead. I'm not quite sure how old he was when we brought him in. But he took two, three years of just the odd occasional Carling Cup appearance, whatever it's, your Carabao, sorry. And then at 23, 24, he suddenly burst into the team and established himself. So whether we've, we've kind of peaked too soon with Collins and we're expecting too much of him at this point, and he should be someone that, that plays in the Cups and he's like what Totti Gomez did yesterday and comes on for 10 minutes at, at the end of the game when you need something from an extra defender, whether he's the right player to be starting week in, week out, I'm not quite sure at the minute, but I've seen enough of him in his performances to say, I think there's a good player in there and I just hope that his confidence doesn't get sort of permanently damaged by keep playing and keep making mistakes. He seems to be, from interviews and things, quite a strong character. So yeah. I'm not sure it, it will kind of completely destroy him. But I think Lopetegui is kind of very ruthless, isn't he? So I think he will be looking at centre-half and saying, I need one, if not two, new centre-halves in, in this January window to shore things up. So I think, I think we will th- see changes into the back four. One of the things, we, obviously, we've got um, Kunar, uh, Matthias Kunar, 23-year-old forward, Brazilian Obviously, he's coming in on loan, uh, with, and it's going to be an obligation to buy, you know, for about forty-three million. Which, when that happens, will be a record uh, fee for Wolves, and they've com- that's obviously committed to that. Um, that's obviously one of the things that Lopetegui has set. When Hobbs has talked, uh, the new director in the, that's replaced Scott Scott Sellers has talked that they're working on trying to get another couple in ready to hit the ground running on the 1st of January. I'm sure a defender's got to be in there somewhere because we do need a little bit of cover. Obviously, it was well mooted that Dawson was on his way, travelling up to Molyneux to sign, uh, experienced central defender on deadline day. And then, obviously, things happened with Villa and he, he ended up getting the phone call to be turned around to come back. I'm sure that Lopetegui's identified that. We do need a little bit more now, maybe experience in that. Obviously... The obvious one there is Connor Cody, uh, who was um, who missed who missed who Cody more yesterday Wolves or Everton is quite debatable to be honest at the back, but like that's done and dusted now. He's not coming back, and you know Everton may get relegated, and he might, he might end up back at Wolves. But like we do need experience. Jack, what other points would you like to make about the game? I mean, I I, I think again objectively, I think it was a poor game between. Two teams very, very low on confidence. I mean, I've seen people, particularly on sort of fan channels, saying two poor teams. I don't necessarily think it was two poor teams. I think it was two teams very, very low on confidence, very, very low on belief. Understandably so, given the results that the teams have had. I mean, Everton were on the back of four straight defeats, weren't they? And we've talked about, obviously, our our poor form across probably the calendar year, really, isn't it? Since February, March is is kind of where we've we've sort of dipped. Um, I think... The changes made a huge impact. I think probably the managers were the, ultimately the deciding factor in the game. If you swap the managers over, I don't, I don't think we win that game with Lampard. I think we win it with Lopetegui because I think he saw, again, that the last 20 minutes, he could see that they were getting 2v1 down our left-hand side every single time. So we brought the extra centre-back on just so we could intercept. If you watch the winning goal again, it's with 
uh, a flicked header inside and our extra centre-half, I think it was Kilman, wasn't it? Just picked it up, intercepted and played it to Nunes. And if we'd have still had the back four on, that probably goes to an Everton player. So I think that the change he made, I know what he's saying about bringing them on to us and being able to put them over on the top. But I think in terms of defensively, I think that position shift had a big impact as well. Um, I think, obviously, in terms of how the game went, Everton had a couple of very good chances first half. Uh, particularly, I think it was Gordon, wasn't it? Went through on goal and Sarmed. A uh, good save. For, you know, you'd expect Sarr to kind of save those because he's a good shot stopper. Um, Everton will probably be sitting there thinking, how on earth have we lost that game? We're coming out of it thinking, how on earth did we win that? That's kind of football, isn't it? You know, we've had games this season where we've we've played not brilliantly, but we've done enough to get something from it and ended up losing. <coughs> or you think about Bournemouth away, where we were probably the only team trying to win it and ended up drawing, and you're thinking, well, there's two points we've just chucked away. Whereas yesterday, we've probably pinched two points, haven't we? But you could argue that the changes that we made and the, the mentality of Lopetegui and his ambition to win the game has probably pushed us over the line. And certainly, I think you could probably make a case to say, well, that means we probably just about deserved it. And like I say, it wasn't a great game. I mean, it was, it was last on match of the day for a perfectly good reason for that. It, it wasn't great to watch, was it? But at, at the, the position we're in, we need to win games. And I don't particularly care at this point whether we play beautiful attacking football and whether we dominate teams and dominate possession. We just need to win games of football. If we turn up on Saturday against Man United at Molyneux and have 17% possession, one shot on target, but win 1-0, nobody would care because we just need to get points on the board. And we've done that yesterday. And a big difference that it does, Mike. One of the interesting things that um, I will touch on, and guys, I want you to think about, before we come back to you in a bit, your, your man of the match, your performance rating, uh, and your highlight of the day as well. That could be anything. It could be the, you know, the, the bottle at half-time, whatever it is, what you would do. But, like, the other thing that we should say, we talked about many, many times about goals. You know, obviously, we've... Manny's talked. Who's going to be joining us as we, with Johnny Phillips? And we got we've got Spen Vlogs coming on, who's an Everton fan as well, and Wolves are his second team too. Uh, we've talked about lack of goals. We've talked about having like some games where we've had twenty shots and not scored. We had seven shots yesterday. Four of them were on target. Yeah. Two of them are in the back of the net. Conversion rate yesterday from the chances that we created were so much better. I mean, the first goal, the equalising goal, was a thing of beauty. Um, I think that's got to be off the training ground because they played it short. Yeah. They knocked it out to Matinho. Matinho, beautiful dink ball over. And Daniel Pedence, they don't see him again. He comes in and he finishes it a plum. It's a great goal. Um, you know, I was it just sort of like at that point, it sort of changed the momentum of the game because obviously Everton, I thought Wolves started fairly well. And then the defending, um, I, w- I wanted your thoughts on that, the defending for the uh, the corner. They had Hugo Bueno marking Mina. It's a uh, total mismatch. Uh, and I know he falls over, but like it's a free header and that didn't seem what well. we seem to deal with it better afterwards. But Everton's main threat to me seemed to be from us giving them the ball or them having a set piece. Aside from that, they didn't really hurt us, did they? I don't think they ever looked like that they were going to really, really hurt oh, us. Yeah. I think as soon as we got that equaliser, we were the team that was after the game more than they were. <laughs> that, as somebody saying on there, trying to think who it was, uh, was it Andy? Stats don't count. 
they don't, but over the, the past season, our stats have been terrible and when we, we're scoring goals. And I think Lopetegui has started to do something with them, passing the ball a little bit more around and using the wings and trying to get the uh, the left-backs and the right-backs up into higher positions so that we can get these balls into the box. Um, it took us how many minutes? 78 minutes, was it, against uh, uh, the bottom of the second Gillingham. division team, Gillingham, to get to get the, the goal? Um that tells you everything at that point. I think he'd he'd had the, the teams, the players that had been at the World Cup back. He'd had them for a few days, getting them trained in. He got them into the team. Yes, they had to bond together. And it took us all that first half to get that going. And the second half, we started to play. That showed yesterday with just one change. And he, he, he played the team. And they, <laughs> they all seemed to be going after it right from the whistle. As you say, we had a good 20 minutes in the first half. And then we sort of sat back for a little bit. They got their goal, but then we were fighting back to try and get it back again. So I, I think the mentality's changed. And I think I think that's what's going to do us, that getting the mentality of the players right, getting the new players in that are going to have the same mentality that they want to win and they want to get us up. Ultimately, these players want to be playing in Europe and, and they want to be playing in the in, in Cups. So... Hopefully, Lopetegui's got that mindset that the FA Cup would be good for us, <clears> the League Cup would be good for us to have a decent run. I don't and think getting us up the league of a, of a cup now and not try and no. get through and, and get try and win it. That's right. Yeah. And... I mean, yes, everybody on there that's commenting. I am being negative on Collins. I'm sorry, but he was bought in from a team that was relegated. That tells you everything, and he wasn't getting into their first team. So. Not being horrible, I don't think at the moment he's a Premier League player. I think he needs either loaning out or selling on at this point and getting a player in that can do this for us. Whether that's at the end of the season. To be fair, to be fair on that, Sam, he was, I think, voted their player of the year or something like that. And he was he only played half Young a season. Player. He did, he, Young he player. did yeah. He did play all of the second half of the season, and the Burnley fans were absolutely gutted uh, to lose him, although Burnley are having a fantastic season. Uh, they're playing some good football, apparently, in yeah, the, in the championship. Up, Hold that thought there, Sam. Craig, I'm going to come to you now. Um, can you <coughs> give us your performance rating and why? Uh, your man of the match and your highlight of the day, please. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I, I, I just make one really, really quick, quick uh, point there. We haven't got an organiser in our defence. There isn't anybody in that back five, including Saar, uh, in the final. Um, the talks... That, that, they're all quiet players, and 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 for a back five, the goalkeeper and the four in front, that's 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 dangerous. You have to have somebody in there that is talking, uh, that is organising, that is shouting, that it, that is, that is letting them uh, uh, know. And that, uh, and there are too many of them that are just having rocky patches at the moment. So so we need an organiser in there that's uh, that's going to talk, and I'm and I'm sure that JL uh, will bring that in. Sam makes a good point about Collins, but I, I've i seen enough of him when, he, when we first started the season to think that we've got a good player in there. Um, man of the match, Ryan Al-Nuri, uh, when he came on, he changed the game. His he's, he's energy, uh, his aggression, uh, he was diving in for tackles, which, which opposing players don't like, so he was my man of the match. Um, the, well, the top uh, um, point of the day was was the goal in the ninety fifth minute by by a country mile. I, I, it was like watching old walls, and the beautiful thing for me 
was uh, that would have done Nunes the world of uh, good as well. He picked that ball up, he moved at pace, and then he, he just saw the Dharma and the, and the lovely ball in front of the player. How many times, guys, have you seen us pass a ball behind the player so they have to stop their run, go back for it, and, uh, and it gives teams ch- chances to get in shape? So, um, Ryan, out, out, out nearly man of the match, the goal, and the rating for the performance day was, was a five and a half, but the result was 10 out of 10. So, you know... You're going in the middle then. Uh, Seven and a half. half. It was a mediocre, but, but the win was 10 out of 10. We really needed that. We Dave, really maybe, needed that. Dave, maybe it should be a performance and an effort rating today. <laughs> Yeah, we'll call that in the middle then. We'll call that in the middle then. Jack, okay. your man of the match highlight of the day and performance rating. Uh, I'm I'm going to go man of the match. I'm going to go Pedence because I thought he was absolutely hopeless against Gillingham. That that was back heels you know and Rabonas and things that were going out of play and within nowhere within twenty yards of a teammate. I was thinking get him off at half time. Yesterday, whether Lopetegui's had a word in his ear, possibly. But I thought he was excellent. I thought he carried the ball. I thought he used his pace. He used his trickery. He used his sort of almost lack of physicality. He kind of slips under the radar against defenders, doesn't it? Like the, the goal's a great example of that. No one in an Everton shirt even spotted in that run. And like you say, Martino just dinks the ball over and he, he's there to finish it. He created the chance for Bueno, didn't he? And I think actually our performance dipped when he went off, which is always for me a sign that a player's playing well when when they go off and the team is suddenly all of a sudden struggling to create or struggling to get get a foothold. So I'm going to go Pedence as man of the match because I thought compared to his performance against Gillingham, I thought it was it was night and day, as Paul Lambert would say. But um, highlights of the day, I think the last minute winner. I mean, ultimately we won't know <laughs> until the fullness of time how important that win is, but. I think a last-minute winner is is huge for mentality. It's huge for confidence, huge for belief. You could see in the players, in the staff, in the supporters, everyone thought this is a moment. This is what we've got to enjoy. This we've got to savor. This this is a huge moment for us. So I think the last-minute winner is kind of going to be the key takeout from that game. If you think back to the Villa game last year that you sort of referenced earlier, we were awful for seventy-five minutes in that game, <laughs> but nobody cares because we won it in the last minute. And it'll be the same yesterday. No one will care how poor or how mediocre we were yesterday. We won it in the last minute and that's what we'll remember from it. Performance rating, I'm going to go a six. Like I say, I thought it was average to fair to middling. It wasn't brilliant. We weren't terrible. Everton were probably the same. There wasn't a lot in the game. It was it was a last on match of the day kind of game, wasn't it? And we just nicked it at the end. So I'm going to go for a six. Fantastic. And over to you, Sam, same questions before we man get on to spin the wheel. Yeah, man of the match. I'm split because I thought Young Hodge had a cracking game till he, he was did. taken off. I okay, was so I'm, I'm torn here between saying I'd want to give it to Hodge, but I want to give it to White Nori for getting his goal. I think that will boost that player. So on the balance of it, it's got to go to White Nori to, get, to give him that boost. Um, rating, I said, as I said, Performance and effort, I think we've got two things here that are unbalanced. The effort yesterday to get the win and play into the 96th minute, 10 out of 10. But the overall performance of the game, I think, was a mediocre five. I think it was right midway because it was one of those. So, if you go seven and a half in the middle, that's probably my highest one for the season. 
probably is from you, Craig Rebel yeah. Norwood. I know. And and to give you the absolute uh, pinnacle of the game, what was the best bit? It was the fact that we clinched a winner in the uh, the ninety fifth minute, and I think that was elation for us. Um, the good news what is you, tonight. What were you doing, Sam, when that goal went in? I was having a drink and I spilt it all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> so as you do. Uh, the good news is tonight, Man United are two 0 up. That means we're definitely now moved away from the bottom two. I think we're um, a point ahead of Forest um, and a couple of points ahead of Southampton. We're only a point behind Everton now. So I think if we can beat Man United on Saturday, we can. We can do it. Mentality, my vibes are coming out. We can get out of that relegation zone for the new year. Fantastic. Well, that brings us on nicely to spin the wheel. Are you ready for this, boys? Yeah. yeah. Right, let's have you. This is your random question. <coughs> oh, here's a nice one. It's a Wolves oh, question. God. Who for you, and we'll go with Craig first, is Wolves' all time greatest goalkeeper? There's a question. That I've seen. What? Yeah, it can be your scene, or yeah, I think, I, th- I, I think you'll go a long way uh, to beat to beat Parksy when I was young. Phil Parks watching watching that side seventy two, seventy three, seventy four on the North Bank on the wooden wooden floors. Um, with 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 I have to say, the smell of Banksy's beer fart coming all through <laughs> your nose. Yeah, uh, Sam knows exactly what I mean. You, you, you just have to be there to to, yep. to experience it. Um, yeah, for me, Phil Parks. Obviously, there's been better. There's been better Wolves goalkeepers down the years, um, but but the, the best I've seen is Phil. Fantastic, and you, Sam. I'm, I'm I'm with Craig a little bit on that because obviously I've watched the Wolves since the end of the sixties. All the way up to, and I remember what you're saying there, sitting as a kid in front of the old Molyneux Road stand, and everything was wafting around. Yeah, it was all. So I've I've seen Parks, Bradshaw, all those sort of goalkeepers. Yeah. Then we come a little bit further through, and we had Oaksy. But I've got to give it to Carl Ikeemi just for the fact that the lad okay. was such an ambassador for the club. And after what he's fighting his leukemia, and we retired the shirt for a time being, the fact he's now allowed us to give the number one shirt back, I've got to give it to him. Quality and Jack for you. Best goalkeeper I've seen for Wolves is Matt Murray. I think without injuries, he'd have been England's number one for a decade. I think he'd have played for a top, top team. You know, I, I think you, when he was in goal, you just didn't think we were going to concede a goal. In it, there, were, there were games where uh, he, he pretty much planned his own. I remember we were away at Norwich once and we won 1 0. We had nine men for about half an hour. They just couldn't score past him. It was like he had eight arms. It, it was. He was just such a good goalkeeper, and it was it was almost cruel the injuries that he had. He, he would have been an unbelievable football player if he hadn't had those injuries. It's it's interesting because if you speak to people who, who don't follow Wolves, they've hardly ever seen Matt Murray play because he he only played what ninety eight games I think wasn't it? And they'll go, he can't be that good. Honestly, he was he was unbelievable when he was fit. So I'm and go such Matt a Murray. nice bloke as well, such a lovely bloke. Yeah. 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 
really, really is. Guys, absolutely fantastic first half of the show. Uh, much appreciated. Good to be back. Thank you for giving your honest opinions. We don't have to agree. We can have disagreements. That's what it's all about. And I do apologise that I do sound like I'm sponsored by Tunes because, like, I've got this cold. But as I always say, the show must go on. And hopefully we'll be back after the United game uh, with some more Christmas and New Year joy. Um, but, uh, guys, thanks ever so much for your contributions on this one. Much appreciated. Cheers, Jack, Sam, Dave. All the best, lads. Yep. Thanks, Cheers, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Absolutely. Happy New Year. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So that's um, that's the first half. And we've got a brilliant second half coming up. I do want to say a big thank you to Wolf Life, um, who support this show. And you can enter to win a Wolf shirt in the link below. But we have got a fantastic second half. What, what a second half we've got coming up. We've got... Spencer, who used to be a Wolves ball boy, lives in Blackpool and is an Everton fan, who was at the game yesterday. I wish I wasn't, man. (laughs) Manny, who's just got back in from his travels, and making a debut, we've got the legend. Hey! Hey, Johnny. Hopefully we're going to get in person in January, but... Thanks ever so much for um, being so patient, um, Johnny. I know you're having problems with your iPad, but your uh, your laptop seems to be working fine. Good to speak to you, Dave. Good to see you. And congratulations on the Sport Content Award. It's a fantastic achievement, that. Well deserved. Yeah, we're really, we're really, really well proud uh, of this. Uh, and I can't wait till we get the in-person podcast so I can give it uh, to all the rest of the guys as well that do the thing. And hopefully you'll be at that one where we can organise it. But uh, much, much appreciated. Um, like, so we've got, as I said, we've got Spencer, we've got Manny and we've got Johnny. Uh, Manny, let's kick off with you because you were there yesterday with your three yeah. boys. Uh, we saw you before the game. Uh, two boys, sorry. Uh, were you, how did you feel? How were you feeling? Oh, um, it was good to be back. I think. I mean, we. I think we all enjoyed um, uh, watching the World Cup. Um, you know, after all the political stuff that was going on before it, the actual football was really good, wasn't it, at the World Cup? And um, but it's nothing like actually going and attending. And Premier League football's just got a different feel, hasn't it? Um, uh, top flight football, so. It was just great to be back on an away day. And um, Everton's one of those grounds that I actually love, you know, because it's old, it's classic, 
the four sides, the pillars, the you know obstructed views, the whatever. It still brings a lot of um, uh, character to the football match. So, and we've had some good days there. We've got a fairly good record um, at Everton as well in the Premier League. So yeah, it was a it was a good day, and um, uh, really really enjoyed it. And what better way to finish that with that <laughs> manic last one minute, you know, which basically sums the whole game up for us. I mean, the previous 89, 94, whatever, you, you forget about that when you score that goal right at the end, that that motion, that um, you could literally, every player mirrored every fan, mirrored the manager, probably, you know, wherever Matt Hobbs was sitting and backroom staff, everybody, pretty much, I think Mikey Burroughs said on commentary that, Anybody in old gold will be, you know, going absolutely mental at that moment. So, yeah, it was a, a real high. Unbridled joy. Absolute unbridled joy. And we were basking in it for hours, for minutes afterwards. I think you was buzzing, buzzing all the way home. You got home and you're still buzzing. It was just, you know, those are the moments <laughs> in football that you sort of live for. Um, sometimes, you know, it's not all about, um, all the stats and who who plays and who doesn't and it's about those just singular moments and and we haven't come from behind in a game since when I can't remember last time Wolves that was came... another, another good point that you make there actually because not only was it the away win it was from being yeah. a goal behind we've 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 not come back for ages and we did it yeah we came back and and it, a little a little bit sort of mirrored. Um, the Nuno days, you know, the, the classic Nuno days where you go to a ground where you probably, it's a tight match, but we just pinch it on the break because we've got these uh, pacey players and um, uh, we sort of reverted to that style, didn't we? And when he brought the, the three at the back, when he brought Totty on, we went to the wing back and we had a, um, that, that Ryan Ain't Nuri run was basically a, a carbon copy of, Matt Doherty away at Newcastle when we beat them 2-1 with a late last-minute goal. And, and and literally the same thing happened. It was last minute. And, and what's your fall back doing in, in the penalty area? And, <laughs> and, and, and that licence was given, uh, for, you know, from play, playing this back five with two wing-backs. I'm sure if it was a flat-back four, Aitnuri doesn't run 90 yards to be in the box. That's he's he's probably holding his position. So that tactical change um suited us whether you know when it comes off people say he's an absolute genius and it was a wonderful change it i actually thought when he when he brought the three at the back that maybe he was shutting up shop a little bit a and lot saying of people around me were thinking the same let's thing. just take a point and, and not not lose this game point. yeah yeah i mean it was um uh, it seemed to <laughs> it's funny isn't it managers he brought on nunez adama and eight Nuri at the same time, and the three of them combine to score the goal. So it's like, you know, yeah, you've got to give him credit because people do criticise managers when they get it wrong. So you've got to give him credit that he and he brought those players on the pitch. And they, um, uh, um, I think even Frank Lampard summed up at the end of the game, um, Lampard brought on Thomas Cannon up front, who was a young, you know, a very young, raw striker. And... Um, uh, a bit like what we were like when we was bringing on the likes of Chem Campbell and that. But now he saw the Wolves bench and we've got Traore, Nunes, Guedes, you know, we've got Aitnuri, we've got 
Raul didn't even get on. He said that you've got a World Cup player who didn't even get on. So the quality on Wolves' bench um, was massive. How that's, how that's changed as well. Well, it hasn't. And our, our bench wouldn't have competed with your bench. It was it was completely unmatched. Sped, I want to just come on because like Manny's made some really great points there, and obviously yeah. we're sitting in the Wolves' end, and we're going to come on to Johnny in a bit. Um, um, from his perspective, I want to talk also about the, uh, the the stuff that he's getting involved with that's coming up in February, I think. But yeah. Sven, whereabouts in the ground were you, and how well, was... did you see the game and and that last that final? <laughs> well, I was in the uh, Gladys Street and um, pretty much the south bank of Goodison Park, and um, it was it was honestly it was it was looking to be a really good game, and it was the fact that. There was just no effort from the players whatsoever. After that first goal by Yerry Mina, it just it literally looked like the whole squad was like, right, let's just sit back, not attack, pass it round the back. When that started happening in after like the first 20 minutes, I was saying to myself and the people around me, we're, we're going to get taken advantage of here. And it was, oh, it was gutting because you know how you said you were like, you, you were standing after the game and you were cheering and everything, you would have probably looked to your right-hand side, right down the stadium, and you would have saw me literally just leant down on, on my seat, just disappointed with that performance. We've been there was... a lot recently as Wolves fans, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was shocking, really, the, the way that we just played after that first goal, because we thought we'd won it. And it, was, <laughs> it wasn't even that. Like, Neil Mopo, I don't even get why he's still in the squad. He's, he's, he's not bringing anything to the squad. It should have been him leaving and Rondon staying, in my opinion. Because Rondon would have actually attempted to go for these balls that were literally laid on a plate for him and nothing came out of it. So, uh, was it a bit flat at the end, in the Everton end? Because I saw, I heard, I've watched uh, something, I think there was a lot of booing towards... Oh, oh yeah, there was there was a lot of booing. I mean, like the Gladys Street end probably has the, the, the port, like the... the portion of the stadium with the most like passionate fans and soon as I soon as that goal hit the net for you in the 95th minute I never heard so many seats lift up and everyone just pile out the stadium and it was what do what do Everton fans think of Frank Lampard Sven what's their opinions now there's, there's still a very very mixed opinion because people are saying it's Frank we've got three sections of fans at the moment if you put into it three like people saying it's Frank not getting the system right. I mean, playing Yerry Mina was always going to be a liability anyway because what he lasted, what, 70 minutes and now he's injured? We probably won't see him until February now or something. He gets injured every single time he comes on the pitch. Yerry Mina, bingo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And um, um, what is it? It was... Pretty much, most of our fans also blame the board and the board over the past what since probably Martinez left. They've they've just been shocking. They've tried to make all these decisions, saying right, we're gonna do this, we're gonna make the club go in a forward direction. We're just going backwards at this rate, and it's gonna. I'm surprised we didn't get relegated last season. That that Crystal Palace game was really lucky for us because we would have been down because we lost against Arsenal, the last game of the season. In all honesty, we played like a championship club yesterday. Fair comment. We'll come back on to a bit more of that in a minute. Ben, you yeah. won't get relegated. Everton. Last time Everton were relegated, dinosaurs were about, you won't like. <laughs> 55 years and counting. <laughs> yeah. 
Johnny, uh, let's come over onto you. Before we get started, um, you've got some exciting news to tell Wolves fans about, if you could let everyone know about it. Yeah, we've, um, we're launching a sort of theatre series in the next uh, year, and we're kicking off at, uh, at Telford, at the Oaken Gates Theatre at Telford, called Wolves Icons, and it's basically sort of chatting to some of the people who've made a, a considerable impact uh, at the club, not just on the pitch, but around the club, um, over decades, really. So, you know, it's going right back as far as you can up to the present day. And we're kicking off with the 70s. We've got John Richards, Kenny Hibbert and Steve Daly together uh, at the Oaken Gates Theatre on the 7th of February. And obviously, Wolves fans will all know these characters and many of them know the careers they've had and have heard a lot of the stories. But I, I find <coughs> I've been in their company quite a lot and there's loads of things that hasn't really been told about the, each individual and that, that they they sort of don't realise are interesting themselves and they've, they've got stories not just about what they did on the pitch and, and the exciting times and particularly the 70s was probably the last great era for Wolves but so much about what living in Wolverhampton was like back then and the people they met and, it, and that era so we're getting the three of them on stage together we're going to kick this off it's going to be a couple of hours there'll be a chance for all the audience members to do a bit of Q&A as well uh, and we're really excited about it. So, yeah, look out for that. Get, get on Google if you're interested in coming. If you're too young to remember them, come along and see what they're like or buy your parents tickets. Um, but it's going to be on the 7th of February uh, at Oaken Gates Theatre in Telford, kicking it all off. Uh, can, have you got like a, a link to where people can buy tickets for? Yeah, if you go on, um, bear with me, if you go on the Telford, if you can Google Telford Theatre, that'll take you straight there. But if not... Um, then I think, do you know what? I think it's actually is. It just says telfordtheatre.co.uk. Hang on. Yeah, that'd be good. So we can it put it good up. Point. Yeah, telfordtheatre.com. Telfordtheatre.com. Uh, and what I'm doing is I'm going to put, um, I'm just, um, I'm just going to put, uh, go on to the, uh, go on to this. And I'm just going to put this up here so people can see it. Hold on. In a second. Um, share screen. Chrome tab. Um, so is this it, mate? That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, brilliant. So um, yeah, so that's. Um, I'll put the link in the uh, in the chat for everyone. And if you want to go and check this out, uh, this is happening the first of a series that Johnny's going to be uh, getting involved with, and it's on the. Uh, I'll put it in the chat as well. It's on the seventh. There's the link. It's on the seventh of February and you can find out more about it on that link or if you just Google, as I say, what he's just said, you'll be able to get in there and get on. I'm sure there'll be loads of Wolves fans that'll be getting over to that, mate. That's fantastic. Um, it looks really, really good. So if you scroll down there, you can also go on to here, click on that and you can book your tickets right there. Fantastic. Brilliant. On to the game, mate. Yeah, I mean, you know, listening to that your contributors so far, it was really interesting. I agree with Manny, by the way. Goodison is one of the best grounds to go to. You know, Love it's it. all, all part of the fun, the pillars, the wooden seats, uh, the fact that you're right on the pitch. I really miss that place. Um, you know, I've grown up in Liverpool. I, I, it was sort of my local ground, and I used to love going to Goodison Park as a kid and watching a truly great team back in the 80s. But um, it's a fantastic ground. And I remember the first time I went to watch Wolves there in the early 90s. We played them in a League Cup game. And Bully scored, uh, and I thought, oh, this is it. We're going to win this. But 
we lost 4-1 that day. 4-1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we resurrected Peter Begree's career that day. I think he tore us apart. But um, yeah, Goodison's a great ground and it'll be sorely missed when, uh, when they do eventually leave. But it was a fantastic win. I, I can't say much about the performance. By all accounts, it was touch and go. Could have gone either way. Quite a, quite a, a poor game of football. Were you working, but... on, working yesterday during the yeah, game? Yeah, I was. I was keeping the Everton link arrive. I was working watching a former Everton youth star who's top of the league with Plymouth, Stephen Schumacher, Plymouth. I was watching him and he's flying uh, with them and he's got them playing really well. But actually, I'm doing Everton's next game. I'm doing Manchester City against Everton. That's the next uh, match I'll be working at uh, on I think it's Saturday, isn't it? I think I'll be working at that one. So it'd be really interesting I'm to see how Frank Lampard copes with that because I think, as uh, Sven Vlogs was saying, I think, you know, th- there is a mixed reception for him at the moment. And, and I know he, he was a great galvanising force and a unifying factor after um, Rafa left. But I think now quite a few fans are starting to turn. So it could be a pivotal moment, that Man City game. But the, the, thing is, the thing is, what a load of our fans have to realise is that he's picking up the mess from Allardyce, Koeman, Martinez and Ancelotti. That's four managers over the past, what is it, seven years? Who, Absolutely, yeah. Who, who, they've, they've brought in players and Lampard's taken a pick at each one. I mean, I know important players like Rodriguez have gone, but he, he, he was injury prone a lot as well. He, but when he did play, he gave the team hope. It was just the fact that we've we've brought in managers too many times over the past five to seven, five to six, seven years. And if we carry on like that, like a load of fans are calling in for another manager, and there's there's some de- there's some delusional fans in our club that are saying, "Oh, bring in Tuchel, he'll come and do something." Tuchel isn't going to come to our club. Yeah, it's it's a lack of joined up thinking at board level, really. I mean, each manager that comes in is always going to demand his own players and put his own stamp on it. But if you're changing them that often, then you're right. Um, yeah. There's no there's no joined up thinking. But obviously, from a Wolves perspective, you take whatever you get at the moment, and it's it was a hugely valuable victory. Uh, and going back to, going back to what you were saying about the two goals, I know that from a fan's perspective, the second goal was the one. If you're in that away end, it's one of those unbelievable feelings when you get that. But it was so refreshing to see a, a, a true training ground move for the first goal. Uh, I, I think that the 18-yard camera on the replays is the one that really shows you the value of that because as soon as the corner's taken, you can see Podence getting a real a run to get himself back on side. He knows exactly yeah, what he has to do. back and then makes the run yeah. in. It's a great um, big ball from Matinho as well. Yeah, it's a phenomenal ball from Matinho. He doesn't even look um, because he knows the area he has to place it. And, you know, he, 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 it's a bobbling ball. He just flicks it up and he just knows where to put it. Um, and it's nice to think that they've, you know, they've, they've, they've pulled off that sort of move after after a relatively short time working. Um, that Obviously, you know, perhaps it was a tail of two corners because the defending for the first one was hopeless. But, you know, that'll come, hopefully. Maddie, what points do you want to... A highlight from the game yesterday. Yeah, that, you know, the goal he picks up on, if you watch it also, we've got a player standing well offside. I think it's Costa. And yeah. it reminded me a bit like the old Manchester United Van Nistelrooy days where he would always stand about three yards offside. And so Costa's standing in that position when that ball comes over. And sometimes that gives the defence a bit of a, you know, a comfort that, oh, he's well offside, so we're okay where we are. And then the second man comes in, and that second man was obviously Pedence, just stole in well onside and um, uh, and and scored the goal. So maybe that was it. I thought maybe that's 
that was a part of it as well, you know, where where the, where the striker goes ahead of the defence and just confuses them a little bit, um, just standing massively. in that position. Yeah, because yeah. Costa's a clever player, and I'm I'm really hopeful that we can get something out of Costa between now and the end of the season. He's yeah. he is he is really really clever. And in that Nottingham Forest game that we won at the start of the season, uh, sorry, the um, just before the the break, the yeah. World Cup break, he was just an annoyance for Forest, and he just disrupted them throughout. And I know he hasn't scored, but I think I think it gives the attack a bit of shape and a bit of balance. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's had a chance to work on his fitness during this sort of second preseason, as it were, that we've had during the World Cup. And I I, I think there was a re- there was a reason he was left on the pitch for so long yesterday. You know, it, it he's clearly impressed the incoming management, and he's clearly offers something in terms mm-hmm. of. Um, in terms of shape, in terms of the way they want to set up, and 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 you know his ability to do things that disrupt and distract the opposition. Yeah, but at that point that you made there, he did stay. I noticed that he stayed in the off time uh, in the offside position, and as Pedence was coming in, he pulls yeah. out, so he's not obstructing the keeper. Yeah, he's, he's well out of the way. He's never going to be in, and and like you know, that was a very very good response by us with a very very good goal from going behind because. When you're at the bottom of the table, you've just come back after 40-odd days and you conceded such a soft, poor goal. You know, your heads can go down, can't they? They, You can feel a bit sorry for yourself. Um, uh, but we responded fairly quickly within about 15 minutes. You know, we got 15, 20 minutes, we got the goal. And then the rest of the half, I thought we managed the half quite well in their half. The only trouble Everton gave us was from our mistakes, you know. Collins, we've just the previous lads have spoken about Collins, and he was playing on our side, wasn't he, Dave? In that first half where we were yeah, sitting, yeah. and you could see his distribution, you could see the nervousness every time he received the ball, and and it, it is just strikes you of of like a complete and utter lack of confidence because we're not doing well. So when you're losing and when you're not playing well, and and your bottom of the league, that's the kind of thing that happens. You start slicing the ball, you start hurrying a bit, you start trying to pick the perfect through ball all the time, and you end up having Ruben Neves almost forced to come and stand alongside you. Ruben Neves was the last man in that first half many times just to get the ball so they could start play uh, positively because, you know, Kilman and and um, Nathan struggled with their distribution at the back. But I still think both of them got better as the game went on. They had to defend a lot. I agree, man. Yeah, without, without, without real threat, they still had to defend and hold <laughs> their shoes. And then they were joined and helped by Totti afterwards. So, you know, they're growing players. But uh, quite obviously, I think Bruno Large had identified that we needed experience and we didn't get that man in um, uh, in January, but um, sorry, in, in uh, before the start of the season. And I'm pretty sure, you know, when the window opens, we'll see a centre-half of pedigree or, or experience come in and um, give those lads a bit of a break and just introduce them as and when. So, um, uh, uh, but it was, it was good. We've scored two goals on Wednesday, two goals on Saturday, and this was Wolves, who'd only scored eight goals all season. So, you know, <laughs> that's not a bad return. Um, two wins out of two, clean sheet. Um, when you're bottom of the league, the only thing that matters is results, is getting over the line. And we did it by hook or by crook a little bit, you know, but we did it. We got the point. 
But we've only won three games, and the three games we've won are the two sides below us and the one directly above us. So we've only beaten the teams who are playing very, 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 very poorly as well. Um, and maybe we need to try and turn up now against um, uh, a team. Well, maybe like Manchester United at home, but even if we get a point from that game, you know, it, that one, they're, they're actually flying at the moment. I think Man United, Ten Hag has done a very good job. And they, they've got very good forward players. Rashford is like, you know, pretty much found his old form back. We saw for England and I think he scored today already. Uh, they, they're a bit suspect at the back, but they do. They've got very good attacking players, so it's not going to be easy, you know. Um, but it's Molyneux and the fans will be upbeat. We've um, uh, won two games and, you know, and it all depends how the match starts off and how we how we start it and, and hopefully on the front foot a little bit. And interesting to see how it will go as well with having brought the three at the back and the two wing backs, whether he thinks, oh, shall I go that way, you know, against United. It'll be, you know, it'll be really um, interesting to say. And on that point, actually, we, we had a question earlier for you, Johnny, and I've got a question for you uh, in a minute, Sven, as well, before we get on to our overall uh, rundown. Yes. Johnny, I think it was Carl Waters that asked, where do you think now Wolves will eventually finish under Shuna Lopetegui? Well, sure, it's a tricky one, that, isn't it? Um, I don't think... Um, <coughs> I don't think Wolves... Are anywhere near being um, a, a decent team in the Premier League at the moment. I think a, a lot of what went wrong under Bruno Large is still to be fixed, and it could take quite some time. I think, I think he'll. I think off the record, Large is uh, sorry, Lopetegui is saying seventeenth, um, and I, I know he's not looking beyond that. And it, it, you're essentially looking, and, I, and I'm sure Sven Bloggs is thinking this as well. You're essentially looking for three teams that are going to be worse than you to stay up and then build again. Uh, and I think Lopetegui isn't looking much further than that. I mean, the, the current form, you look at Forest and Southampton, and then you're thinking, well, where, where else? You know, you know, Bournemouth, Bournemouth squad looks weak, but they do seem to pick up the odd results. And then Everton and Wolves, you know, are, are poor teams at the moment. Um, I, I, you know, there's obviously more optimism in the camp at Wolves because the new managers come in and given the place an immediate lift. And there's a spending power at Wolves that there doesn't seem to be at Everton. So I think um, looking to climb much <coughs> beyond 17th uh, may be unrealistic, um, it, even if it does sound a bit negative saying that. I think I think Lopetegui's eyes are on making Wolves safe, and then anything else is a bonus. And I, 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 I would probably say the same. I look at Wolves and think, you know, um, they can build on what they did against Everton, and uh, and let's see what happens thereafter. But the the, the season, in terms of um, of it being a success and being a season where Wolves progress, is long gone. I think that I think Bruno Lage uh, made sure that wasn't going to happen, and we're playing catch up now. I think if we can steady the ship, um, going to bring in players in January that will hopefully their real value will see next season. Uh, and, and take it from there. So let's so let's just see what happens. But I think, it, from a Wolves perspective, you just want to be safe. Um, by the Johnny, end of the you know what I was going to ask you because obviously you you um, uh, were involved with the club for many years and you did a, a lot of the um, Ask Wolves sessions that we we saw with with them um, uh, the higher reaches of the club. Um, in the summer, it was fairly obvious from looking at those Q and A's that. 
we would probably have to sell assets to raise enough funds to go and spend again. But it seems like uh, something's changed, something's clicked somewhere where they've, they've, you know, this is huge expenditure. It's a £43 million player they've committed to. There's rumours of two or three more, possibly even before the start of the window. We've already spent £100-odd million. Pounds. We've kept Ruben Neves. So is there... Is there new cash injection? Is there somebody else on board? What's what's changed in your mind? Or well, has it changed? I think, yeah, yeah, there has been changes because um, people working at the club were under the impression that, that it would be a, a self-generated transfer window in the summer. Um, I think there are a couple of important things. I think with, with Fosen, money can be injected um, quite quickly. Um, and we don't necessarily know where that's come from. They've got a huge amount of assets, a huge amount of business interests, uh, and they, they're constantly looking for investments. Uh, so I think things can happen. I think, um, I think they did a type of remortgaging towards the end of the summer. I, I, I'm, not in, I'm not a financial person, but I know there was something went on uh, that involved um, a, a, an injection of funds through a bank loan. Uh, I think that went on just before the end of the transfer window. <clears throat> somewhere that would have been guaranteed somewhere by Fosun. So that could mean fresh injection of funds coming from somewhere or uh, a way of guaranteeing uh, money from a bank in, in terms of a loan. So that's the financial side of it. And on a, a different level is the agency side of things. And I think with just a few, we're becoming a bit marginalised. They hadn't really had a big hand in, in Wolves for quite for, for quite some time in in terms of making uh, a big impression in the transfer market and I think a, a conversation took place between um, Chairman Gore and and the owners and between Mendes and Valdir Cardoso where they agreed that there would be more of an input input again from uh, Gestefute and then uh, I think a few days later we signed Mateus Nunes and I think obviously. Um, Mendes's imprint is on the Mateus Cunha signing, even though he's not one of his clients. So I think there, were, there are two elements to that, Manny. I think uh, mm. Wolves were moving away slightly from Mendes and they were looking to um, generate their own income, but uh, things changed. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a fascinating club in that sense at the moment because um, it, it, it's very hard to second guess what's going on and you know things that have nothing to do with the day-to-day -day running of the club can have an impact uh, and obviously they have done interesting sped everton fan um, yeah. gonna give, you can give your performance right and your highlight of the day your man of the match but uh, the other question to you is as a, an everton fan i know you've got a soft spot for wolves because you were a ball boy at wolves for many many years so you know yeah, are kind of your second club so you you know when wolves are playing anyone else i know you want them to win but are Everton staying up this year, or are you going to have the best uh, best uh, stadium in the Championship? <laughs> I want to cry at that question, to be honest. Um, what does your heart? What does your your head and your heart tell you? My my head tells me that we're going down if we continue to play like this. But my, like, there's obviously a place in my heart where I'm like, right, we can get points from certain games, even if it's just a point a game off like. A, like a scrappy equaliser or something, maybe we could stay up. Now, there was a comment that I saw um, about, I think it came up about five minutes ago. Lampard, um, someone says that Lampard said the fans were to blame for the um, loss yesterday. 
I can somewhat agree with that comment because there was not really much of an atmosphere um, at Goodison Park yesterday and the players feed off the fans. That's been that's been shown in many games, like the um, the Crystal Palace game when we came back from 2-0 down in the second half and managed to win it. The atmosphere was lively in that game last season. And when um, we played Newcastle and won that game 1-0, games like that where the fans are feeding the players, the atmosphere is feeding the players, that's when we win games. If we stay silent in the whole game, our players just switch off themselves. I was a bit surprised, actually, because, uh, to be fair, Molyneux was a bit like that against Gillingham. I think it's because of the, the so expectation that Wolves should just roll Gillingham over. It was never going to be an easy game with a, with a team that's just going to sit 11 behind the ball. But I was surprised because it is like the Boxing Day clash at home after the break. And I was very surprised. Yeah, there was a bit of noise after the goal. Yeah. And there was a big big cheer when that young man came on. That was the biggest cheer of the day. I can't think of his name. The young striker came on. He had a big cheer. But other than that, it was pretty quiet. Well, I, I was I was at work when um, Wolves were playing, and um, I was I was just coming off my break to go back onto the onto my shift, and then a goal notification came up for Wolves, and I was like, oh okay, because um, what what was it in the second half he scored the goal? Gillingham, will be on about now. Yeah, in Gillingham, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've just had a notification. Oh no. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We I've had a still... notification come up. We can see you've just frozen, mate. <laughs> yeah, a notification has unfortunately came up on my phone. Yeah, there we go. Sorry about that. When um when when the uh when you were playing Gillingham and I had obviously tried to watch a bit of the game on my break, but um there was no connection, so I was just looking at live updates really. And when you scored, I was like, right, that was about time because it 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 did look like y- you were going to go to penalties on that game. Um, but to be honest, in regards to yesterday, Wolves deserved to win it. After we scored, we we, we practically gave, gave the game to you. And then what, what should you say your Everton performance rated? Do you have an Everton man of the match and a highlight of the day for you? Everton performance, four out of ten. Yep. Man of the match would probably have to be Patterson for me because he seems to be he seems to be the only player on that pitch. Even though you've got a local lad like Anthony Gordon, who's meant to be playing for the badge, he should have went to Chelsea during the summer. I'm yeah. really not a fan of Anthony Gordon. He should have left. But like players like Nathan Patterson, who actually play for the badge, show a bit of passion and actually try to get a winner. Nathan Patterson on that right side yesterday, he was really good. It was unfortunate that he didn't get to take his chances. And um, highlight of the day would probably be leaving the stadium. <laughs> you know football, don't you? <laughs> Manny, same to you. Highlight it, of the it, day. It is, you know what? It's so funny because you've just heard from the the team that loses and how how the same game produces like the opposite ends of, of emotion, and that's that's exactly what football is, isn't it? Ninety minutes. You know, first of all, it's been. You know, I don't think Wolves. I wouldn't have said they deserved to win the game. I think it was too... After, very... after, you, made those, after you made those substitutions, he's deserved Yeah, to I understand. Win. But I, I just think we, um, uh, we, you know, we were both two very poor sides, um, very nervy on the ball, gave the ball away a lot. Um, I'm sure if we gave the ball away against a, a confident side, we would have got rolled over yesterday. Um, uh, we were probably lucky that... 
he was just as as bad as us. And it was just one of those games on a knife edge, and and either side could have maybe have got you know a winner, and and it was us. And um, uh, and it was positive to see um, three men in the box when the cross goes in. There was no changes for us to actually make to win that game. Like when you got the equaliser. That team that we had out on that pitch, that was the only option we had. Yeah, if we, had, if we had actually brought Tom Cannon on at the start of the second half and taken Neil Mopay off, yeah. I would have actually had a little bit of confidence, but there was just nothing there. Tom yeah. Cannon has been playing in the under-21s over the World Cup, scoring two or three goals a game, looking really sharp, looking really good, and he only gets given 10 minutes to show what he's worth. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, and, and the other thing is on atmosphere, it was very quiet, it is. But I always say, like, you know, fans are, are expected to generate atmospheres, but the team has to also give something. You know, when Brown Brawl scored that goal um, uh, against Gillingham, it was only a penalty, I know, in front of the South Bank. Do you know that's the first centre forward that scored in front of the South Bank in 2022? And we've only got two days left. So only one... Only one striker has scored a goal in front of the South Bank in the whole year. So people wow. say the South Bank's quiet. Well, it's probably a reason because we haven't given them much to cheer yeah. about. You know, it is a two-way thing. Football is you have yeah. to get players on the pitch to to raise, you know, to provide the, a bit of a spark. Because if the players are down because you're suffering and you're bottom of the league, it's pretty much the crowd are the same. You know, you go in there nervous, you're bottom of the league, you're not um, doing well. Well, it's a two-way thing and, and you need players geeing up the crowd. You need a few, you know, clenched fists. You need a bit of fight, a tackle, something that fans can then, you know, grab onto and then and and then um, uh, um, push forward on. So that, that last-minute goal when it goes in, we're, we're going mental. Without the goal, we wouldn't be doing that, would we? I, so, I, saw, uh, I saw you all going mental. It looked looked, looked like you were having a bit of a party down there. Yeah, I mean... I, I want to be in there with a sped. <laughs> no, well, I mean, Dave, as you know, like um, I told you at Leeds, I'm trying to do the whole of the 92. And um, I probably should have picked Villa and Liverpool over that game yesterday because <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have been as upset. Yeah. So, yeah, um, what else did you Highlight ask, Dave? Highlight of the day and man of the match. Highlight of the day. I mean, you can't go past that last minute. I mean, it was basically, I was with my two sons. We were sort of next to each other. And 30 seconds after the goal went in, I was two rows in front of my son. And my son was, like, in the row behind. And my phone had gone missing. And I think it was about four rows ahead of us that somebody retrieved, retrieved <laughs> did my phone. you fly your Anderson, Sid? Yeah, no, it just came out of pocket. So, it was just typical... It was mayhem, and um, uh, you know, so that's you, you can't get a bigger highlight than that. Um, uh, and man of the match, you know, I probably agree with a previous one of your previous guests, um, that Daniel Podence. It was so awful against Gillingham. It's almost like he was um, uh, playing against schoolboys, and he could just play flicks and tricks. But Gillingham <laughs> were very organised, and you know, and um, sort of um, put him in his place. And I'm pretty sure uh, Lopetegui's had a, had, a, had, a, had a word with him and he was more effective. He was, um, uh, you know, up until he came off, he, he he did have a really good game and he scored a good goal. And that was his, his third or fourth goal this season. So, yeah, you know, for all criticism, he does score and create 
and he's, he's quite an important player. He's a, a kind of player I don't think defenders would like to mark because he sort of roams everywhere, you know. So I'd give it him. Um, and um, rating, I mean, as a performance, both sides weren't better than a five or a six out of ten. Um, so I can't go, you can't go past that. But in terms of where we were, it was like exactly what we needed. We needed the points. We're off the bottom Suddenly, you know, Southampton and Forest look a bit ropey, and then it just gives you a bit of hope to to um, hang on to. But we still need to carry on winning. You know, so you can win a match, but you lose two, and you're straight back down there again. So, um, but yeah, well, we we're looking more hopeful. You know, signings on the horizon, new manager, um, scoring goals a little bit. You know, like you said, conversion rate. You know, we've, we've uh, footballs coming back from. Uh, one nil down to win a game, so there's lots of little positives to to hang on to, and um, uh, hopefully it continues. Now, just before we get on to spin the wheel, obviously, yeah, Johnny, you were uh, working yesterday. I'm quite interested to know how you were monitoring the game and when that goal went in. How did you find out about it, and what did you do? Because you were you were working. But obviously, you're going to be having one eye on that game. Yeah, so I've working. So I've got soccer Saturday on my ear. So I've got Jeff Stelling and the lads in the studio. And it was, um, Michael Dawson was watching it. So so I had that constantly. But I, I also had a cameraman who was a Wolves fan yesterday. Yeah. And he, he had Amazon Prime on his phone. Oh, did he? So he did, yeah. So we had, we, we, we had sort of one eye on there. On, on the match, he's got quite a big phone as well. So he had his, his phone positioned in a way that I could watch the match and just glance down the, um, glance down on it. So we were keeping abreast of it, but it was Michael Dawson screaming and shouting when the winner went in. And as they do on Soccer Saturday, the pundits, they're all incoherent when a goal goes in. So it was a good 30 seconds before you knew which way the goal had gone. Um, oh, you were, so you were like, the, you knew there was a goal. I knew there was a goal, literally shot on the heads, but I didn't know which yeah. one it had gone in. And then eventually you, you, you gather it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so it was good. It was quite exciting in that sense. Um, it, it was definitely quite exciting. And I'll be, um, and it's sort of, uh, it's the next one I'm going, to, I'm actually working at Wolves West Ham. And I think it's the second week of January, which is, yeah. Um, so it was nice to sort of uh, uh, keep an eye on it, things again. Because, you know, you've, you've missed it during the World Cup. I, I was one of those that didn't quite buy the whole Qatar World Cup thing. I just wanted the Premier League season to keep going. So yeah. it, was nice to, it was nice to get back to it. And then we've obviously got that huge game against United on New Year's Eve and then uh, the Cup game and then back in the league action. So I'm looking forward to seeing them properly. It's, one, it, it's good to get the win, but it's not brilliant to have to rely on Michael Dawson in your ear to find out how you won. It's much better to see it in the flesh. Absolutely, mate. Brilliant. Well, that's great to know that because that's quite fascinating. Right, we, to finish off the show, we've got the spin the wheel. Um, <laughs> so we know what we're going to get. Let's bring it back up. Can you see that? Yeah. You see? Yeah, right. So I'm going to spin it. See what we're going to get this time. Oh. What's this it saying, Dave? Spen will go with you first and give Johnny and uh, Manny a chance to think. Which movie star would you want to play you in a film? <laughs> Who's got a beard? <laughs> Who's got a beard like this? <laughs> go on, Spen. I, I wouldn't say movie star because I, I don't really watch movies. Could I pick a celebrity? Yeah, go on. 
Russell Howard. Russell, why Russell Howard? Is he Everton fan, is he? No, no, but it's just the fact that his humour matches mine massively, and I just think he's funny. I think he'd be able to impersonate me brilliantly. Yeah, especially, especially because he's a comedian and he can do a pretty good Midlands accent. So I like it. So, which one of you, Johnny or Manny, is going to go first? <laughs> go on, Johnny. Uh, I, I'd have to say Robert De Niro on the basis that you want to make try and make uh, try and make the movie star look a whole lot better than the reality. If Robert De Niro was playing me, I'd have absolutely looked out. He, he was my favourite film star growing up as a kid. What an actor. Fantastic. Yeah. Great actor. Mid- Midnight Run, one of the most underrated films ever that. I loved it as a kid. So, Oh, check yeah. that out. If you're looking for something to watch over on yeah. Christmas, look it up, Midnight Run. What's it about, Midnight Run? It's about a bounty hunter um, who's on a race <laughs> across America with um, uh, trying to evade the cops um, to deliver the, the, the man to it to, to get the money back for the bounty. And it is quite funny. It's a sort of, uh, it's sort of a black comedy but it was De Niro at his prime. He was brilliant in that. Um, Fantastic. Manny, I've given you plenty of time. Manny, yeah, well, obviously, I'm going to be a lookalike. But, um, uh, <laughs> I'd probably go for... He's not a great... I didn't think he was a great actor, but I'll go for Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. You know what? Because it's the Rocky, Rambo, the all against the odds, and, and it's the kind of... You know, it gives you a bit of inspiration with some of the mad stuff that I do. <laughs> I think it gives me a bit of... Topical as well, Manny. He's an Evertonian. <laughs> is he? Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Adrian. Yeah, Adrian, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're ever um, uh, at a gym and you, um, uh, you, know, want, you want to put a bit of music on, you just put the Rocky theme tune on or something, and it gets you going again, so... <laughs> well, if you do follow Manny on his... Uh... Instagram stories or socials. He's often there down the gym, aren't you, mate? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got the London Marathon. I've entered that on April the 23rd. Training starts first week of January, which is like, I'm, I absolutely hate running, honestly. But it's just, <laughs> honestly, I hate running. And just you know the what? training is just, I'm dreading every session, every, you know, it's not something I enjoy doing, but um, uh, it, because it's, it's it's the fundraising that gives me the drive and um uh, and the charities and it's like sort of um you know that's what focuses me. I'd prefer I prefer walking and I will do I think I will do another walk, Dave, by the end of the year. Let's see. But it's got to be in all fairness, money. I've wo- like I've woken up at like four or five in the morning, or I've just been going to bed at four or five in the morning. I've been scrolling through Instagram, and your story comes up, and you're just pumping work in the gym. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm a morning man. I like you know, I like to get things done in the morning. So I'm playing with tennis, mate. We haven't played for a while, but he never stops running, and he's got like extendable <laughs> go-go jack gadget arms. He swaps his right hand to his left to get the ball back. Tell you, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, he's super fit, is Manny, that's for sure. He has to be for what he does. Guys, absolutely brilliant. Um, final thoughts before we end. Spen, any comments from you? In terms of uh, Everton? Anything, point of view. Or, 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 anything for a Wolves fan? Because you are a, you know, you know, you, you do love Wolves secretly. Of course, of course I do. And here's one to make you laugh. Not none of the toxic fans, by the way. But hold on, just for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's what that's what four defeats in a row does to you. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, 
In, in there we go, of, guys. In, so in it's, term, a, it's definitely a wolf in sheep's clothing. Boo! Uh, <laughs> in in terms of um the whole season running for Everton, I think what we have to do is we just have to focus on trying to get a squad who's actually going to play for the badge for the rest of the season, who aren't just going to pass around the back like Michael Keane did. I mean, he, Michael Keane, he's a liability to the squad as well. He just seems so lazy. I mean, passing the ball around the back as well. Uh, he 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 needs he needs to go and Tarkowski as well. The um. And the game yesterday, he he wasn't he wasn't there. He needed Cody alongside him, but obviously Cody couldn't play. Fantastic. Final thoughts from you, Manny. Well, um, just coming to the end of the year, so it's a new year, new manager, bit 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 new hope. I think we've got some big games, you know, FA Cup away, Anfield, which will be a good occasion. Um, uh, a League Cup quarter final, the last time. We were in a League Cup quarterfinal. It was a long, long, long time ago. So uh, you know, we've got some, we've got some good days to look forward to, despite our position. So I think that um, there's a bit more hope, and um, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, the team will capitalise on that and um, and keep themselves safe. And maybe, maybe you know, the look of the draw, Forest away. That's not a bad. Quarter no. final, and then suddenly you're in the semi final, which t- is I, two is legs. Is the semi final t- t- still two legs? Two legs, yeah, home yeah. and away, yeah. as far as I'm aware. So, you know, th- that gives you a big, big opportunity because, you know, teams have known to get into the League Cup final from a lesser position before um, Birmingham City did it <laughs> one year. <laughs> That's a great line that is in the chat. <laughs> Benson have changed his shirt just like that after 95 minutes yesterday. He probably did. He probably, I, 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 felt, I felt like doing so as well, to be honest. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah, just hope and um, uh, hopefully um, uh, the the team clicks and, and new signings, you know, is going to provide a bit of excitement, but also competition. Players, you know, suddenly Ryan Out Neary looks like a refreshed new player Probably because Hugo Bueno's playing so well, and he has to to perform. You know, yesterday, but he um, he's been he's been absolutely brilliant. And also, we all know that Liverpool don't like playing Wolves in the FA Cup because the last two times we've knocked them out. That uh, when we were in the Championship, yeah, was it uh, Stearman and Wyman? Yeah, yeah. Who scored the second? Do we know? Wyman. That's right. When he came in. Right, yeah. yeah, and then they got a late goal, didn't they? And then we we did we beat them two one at Molyneux as well. Yeah, we did. We they had a bit of a young young side, but we beat them two one. Neves and Jimenez, I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. So looking forward to that one. So Spen, I know you'll be supporting the uh, wearing your Wolves got old goal top well, for that one. I'm actually going to be at the Wolves West Ham game um, in January, so I'll probably see you there. Yeah, you'll be coming. And I mean, here's, here's a question that I, I mean, one of you can answer because we're probably short of time. But Wolves' position now, did you see them being there at the start of the season or did you have high hopes? Because as an Everton fan, if I had to answer it for Everton point of view, I'd say we should be lurking around about mid-table with the squad that we have. I think I think uh, from a Wolves perspective, mate, we were you know hoping that we would be uh, pushing for Europe, and obviously you know you yeah. you have your faith with what Bruno was doing, and he was obviously for whatever reason players went and some bad decisions been made, not just 
by Bruno, and I think you know, as you've called it out, you called Jeff out, um, Scott. There's a series of decisions over a long period of time, which we've talked about, um, and we're in this situation. Um, so yeah, we're expecting to be further up, but we are where we're at. It's been a difficult year. It's been, I think, uh, it's this term, "anus horribilis," has been used in the past, and it's been one of them years. But hopefully, 2023 is going to be a year. As in the Wolves' motto, out of darkness cometh light. And we're going to see a, hopefully a lot more light next year. Johnny, mm-hmm. to finish up with, final thoughts for Wolves fans for you? Yeah, I think um, I think there's going to be a, a, a more more changes and, and a, a better sense of where they're at by the end of January, by the end of next month. I think that'll, that, that'll make the squad a lot clearer, both in terms of outgoings and incomings. But I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. Um there's a there's a new manager in uh, with a, an incredibly expensively assembled backroom team. There seems to be a structure in place where the chance of succeeding is better than there was under Bruno Large. Perhaps more joined up thinking. Um, I think it'll be a, a really fascinating year. I think 2022 largely went downhill for much of it. You know, Wolves were in a good position at the start this time last year. Uh, Yeah, it it, it gradually went downhill. It was a really underwhelming summer on one level. And then... Johnny, do you know... Do you know Matt Hobbs at all? What's he like? Yeah, I, I, I've That's spoken good. to him, um, and he's uh, he's a good operator. He's um, he, he certainly knows how to deal with people on a on a man management level. I'm not sure whether his influence will extend much further than Scott Sellers' influence did, um, because Wolves have this two tier structure. They always have had uh, under Fosen, where they, they look to gesticulate with their right hand, and they look to the technical department in place with their left hand uh, and I think obviously with Fran Gar- Garagaza coming in that's who Julian uh, Lopetegui is going to be looking at and that's probably where um, the, the owners are going to be looking but Matt Hobbs has built up a pedigree of, of, of scouting and recruitment um, that has earned in the promotion uh, he's, a, he's a good operator in that sense uh, he's identified some good players he's identified some players that maybe haven't quite come off uh, and I think it, he's got people skills, but I, I, again, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that his influence will uh, be huge, given the structure mm. that we all know uh, that's in place at Wolves. That's why it's so fascinating, because you know, it, it was Jesterfoot that went to Fosen and, and identified Wolves. It wasn't Wolves going to Jesterfoot um, once Wolves had bought the club. It was the other way around, you know. Okay. So um, I think fans should, you know, need to recognise that 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 that. that <laughs> The relationship will always be that relationship, and 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 whatever structure you have, a homegrown structure you have, has to work within that. Fantastic, mate. Uh, listen, guys, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. I think uh, Spen's uh, notification has taken him off, um, but it was great to have uh, his views and and obviously the views of all the guys. We've had well over a hundred watching live. Uh, on the show. Obviously, there'll be loads more that'll watch it back on Catch Up and it will be out on Always Wolves podcast on all podcast providers um, from tomorrow morning. So you can listen to it in your car as you're travelling around and stuff like that. We will be back after the Man United game. Uh, Manny and Johnny, thank you ever so much uh, for coming on tonight. Johnny, it's great to have you make your debut. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, really great to chat and great to see you both. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah. And just remind everyone on uh, how they can get tickets again for you. Yeah, so if you go to telfordtheatre.com um, to come and watch the first of the Wolves Icon series, and it's uh, on Tuesday, the 7th of February, with John Richards, Kenny Hibbert and Steve Dalian. It should be a really fun night. Fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, anyway... Guys, thank you very much. I'll try not to be so bunged up next time, but when Carl's going away, <laughs> you, know, you know what it is. Fantastic. As uh, F1 says, finally, to finish on, Dave, all all your guests are great. And the chat, uh, Carl saying, thanks, uh, thanks, Dave, and all the guests today. Absolutely brilliant. And thanks for all you guys joining in the conversation. Much appreciated. Until the next one, Wolves up and running under Julian Lopetegui. Two wins from two, four goals. One against the future's bright, the future's old gold. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.